Every year when we arrive on this Sunday, Palm Sunday, we are always torn between the two incredible experiences in the liturgy and the gospel lessons that have been presented to us. We begin with a celebration and a procession into the church with palm fronds and proclamations of the blessing for the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we seem to shift abruptly forward into the Sunday of the Passion with the hard stories and the hymns of Christ's arrest, his torture, and his execution on the cross. Every year, again and again, it seems as if the celebration of Palm Sunday is taken completely away immediately by this shift and perhaps unnecessary need to read the Passion from one of the three synoptic Gospels. Why read that Passion Gospel now? Why move ahead into the story so quickly? Why not wait until Good Friday, which the church has for centuries proclaimed as the day of our Lord's crucifixion? Certainly, the arrival of Jesus into Jerusalem is an incredible story worth telling over and over again. Its important meaning would have been understood by the early Jewish followers of Jesus immediately and clearly. For those Jews, their very being and understanding of the world would have been fully immersed in one thing and one thing only, the Holy Scripture of the Bible. So at the moment Jesus and his disciples arrive in Bethany and Bethphage, and Jesus sends two of his disciples down to Jerusalem to bring him up a small young donkey to carry him down the Mount of Olives and into that great city, a bell would have gone off immediately. For those Jewish followers, as well as those Pharisees who were ever keeping watch over Jesus and planning his demise, would have instantly connected all of this with the prophets of the Hebrew Bible, beginning with that wildest of prophets, Ezekiel. For Ezekiel, nearly a thousand years before that moment, had foresaw God's angry departure from the temple in Jerusalem due to corruption in that holy city and the painful exile of the Israelites into Babylon. And the Jews would know well that in Ezekiel's great prophecy, both that terrifying departure and then eventually the return is, in, and is totally tied to the east end of the city into the Mount of Olives. Ezekiel says in chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, Then the glory of the Lord went out from the threshold of the house and stopped above the cherubim. They stopped at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. Then in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 22 through 23, the prophet says, The cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. And the glory of the Lord ascended from the middle of the city and stopped on the mountain east of the city. This departure of the glory of the God of Israel, what is known in Hebrew as the Shekinah, is exactly what the Jews at that time of the Roman occupation we're again considering and thinking about constantly. The eyes of the Jewish people in Jerusalem would have forever been focused on the top of that very mountain east of the city. For just as the Shekinah of God had departed from Israel from the east at the top of what is now known as the Mount of Olives, the prophet Ezekiel proclaims that God will return again from that very same direction in which God departed. 
Later in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, the prophet declares this. Then he brought me to the gate, the gate facing east, and there the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the east. The sound was like the sound of mighty waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Now, if any of you have ever gone to the holy city of Jerusalem today, you will find that the old eastern gate of the Temple Mount, what is known today as the Golden Gate, though closed off as it has been since the Middle Ages, is still there invisible. And it is still looked upon by the Jewish people just as it would have been viewed at that very same time during the life of Jesus. In front of it today, going up to the very top of the ancient Mount of Olives, is a massive Jewish graveyard now with each body buried there, placed into that hillside with their feet pointed in the eastward direction toward that filled-in golden gate. Why is that? Because the Jewish faith is still waiting for God's Shekinah to return, as Ezekiel promised, from the east over the Mount of Olives to enter that holy city of Jerusalem again through that golden gate. The bodies of the dead are placed facing east so that they will be able to rise up from the earth and follow the Lord God back into the temple. So when Jesus of Nazareth, 2,000 years ago, a well-known worker of miracles, a healer of the sick, a prophet, a resurrector of the dead, a rabbi who seems to check off every box of the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. When Jesus suddenly shows up on the Mount of Olives and he calls out for a cult, it would have instantly been recognized as not only the fulfilling of the prophet Ezekiel, but also the fulfilling of a passage from prophet Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, which says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious as he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Believe me, when this happened on that first Palm Sunday, you better believe that all the pieces begin to fall into place for those who had been following behind Jesus. They knew right then and there that God Shekinah, now in the form of Jesus of Nazareth, was about to go forth in that prophecy and re-enter Jerusalem to restore again the Holy of Holies. They knew it, and so they must have rushed out to gather up their palm fronds and to throw down their cloaks on the path to celebrate the arrival of the King who was coming in the name of the Lord. Jesus is so right this morning when he says to the Pharisees who call on him to calm down all that mass of people. When he says to those Pharisees, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. For Jesus knew himself in that moment that in fact the fulfilling of Ezekiel's prophecy was happening, that he was the king foretold by the prophet Zechariah. That's a pretty important story. So if this is what Palm Sunday is all about, what it is revealing, then should we not leave it and should we hold on to it and not go so swiftly to the painful passion story of Christ the King's crucifixion? Well, brothers and sisters, we ask this question over and over year after year in the church. But the reason for this important shift is the same today as it has really been for 2,000 years. 
For to leave off this morning with only that first gospel reading of Jesus' entrance into the east gate of Jerusalem without hearing also the passion could cause us to misread what is really the focal point in the beginning of the whole Holy Week story. To only have Palm Sunday put God's church, would put God's church in danger of leaving here this morning just as those who were placing their cloaks on the road 2,000 years ago and then left feeling that the king had already arrived. And if we miss out on the rest of this important story in the upcoming week services and only come back here next Sunday for Easter Sunday, we could be continuing to carry palm leaves and forget to turn those palm leaves into crosses. We could be continuing to celebrate kingship, never ever considering the serious suffering and sacrifice King Jesus must first make before Easter arrives. Not just for the people of Israel, but for each and every one of us still to this day. For Jesus is certainly coming into Jerusalem to be triumphant and to restore God's glory, God's Shekinah. But when he immediately goes from the Mount of Olives into the Jewish temple, which Luke's gospel tells us, he will declare there that a new holy of holies, a new temple is about to be torn down so that it may be raised up again in three days time. That means that the joyous triumph and celebration, which we get a tiny taste of at the beginning of the service this morning, cannot be fully realized until we see that temple ourselves, which is Christ's body, torn down and then lifted up for all of the world to see. That means in order to understand Palm Sunday completely, we simply must have the passion read today because it is the passion, not the palms, that bring us to the cross. And the cross, brothers and the sisters, is the center of everything. I was thinking about this this weekend as I was remembering the last five weeks that we spent together here at All Saints during our Lenten Soup series in which we've been talking night after night about the one topic that in the 21st century is the one issue still left in this world of mass communication that no one wants to talk about anywhere. That topic is death. In our modern society and culture of technology and many hospitals in every city that we travel to and great advances in science and in medicine, death has become that which is no longer appropriate to even bring up in polite conversations. Funerals are no longer called the burial of the dead, as we find in the Book of Common Prayer. We now call them celebrations of life. People now pass away rather than die. And more and more funeral liturgies in the church happen without the body or the remains of that person present. Because once the body has died, it takes on an uncomfortable presence in this society that no one wants to be close to today. Yet as much as science and medicine expand our years of life expectancy and the modern funeral industry finds ways to help us avoid the full acceptance of what's coming. For better or for worse, we as human beings cannot stop it from coming. And because of that simple fact, even in a scientific age of materialism and secularism, the church still has the most important message to proclaim and a role to play in this world. To stand up in the face of death 
in a society that no longer wants to believe in it and declare to it through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross and his resurrection that death has already been defeated, that we have a great hope that alleviates our fears. That is unless we too as the church skirt around the topics of death and run away from it. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ's entrance into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday is the final movement of God's Shekinah, the glory of God fulfilled and restored in Jesus Christ towards one thing and one thing only. He is entering that city to go to that cross. Therefore, the story of the Passion is the most important story to be told on this day. And because of that, as early as the fourth century, the church had already began reading the Passion Gospels on the Sunday that fell before Easter. For a church to separate Palm Sunday from the Sunday of the Passion and to not read the Passion after the celebrations of the Palms is to run the risk of misconstruing the very meaning of Holy Week and beyond that, the very core of Christian faith, the one thing we still desperately need from the church today. For without death on the cross, there is no Easter resurrection. And if there is no Easter resurrection, there is no faith and no hope to be had by us today. That's why we as Christians from the beginning have held a faith that declares death and the fear of death as dead to us through Jesus Christ. We know the true celebration of Jesus as Lord and Savior doesn't really come to fullness on Palm Sunday. For Palm Sunday isn't Palm Sunday unless Jesus turns the world upside down, dies on that cross, and then defeats the sting of death, not just for himself, but for all of us who have Christian hope when he walks out of that tomb one week from this day. I invite all of you as we move through this upcoming Holy Week to read one of the Passion stories each and every day. Read the Passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as each day of your Holy Week devotional and then come here next Sunday morning. Get up early if you can. Come at 6.15 before the sun has even rose. Walk into this dark church and feel what it feels like to walk into a dark tomb and then watch the sun rise in this east-facing window. Feel the power of Jesus Christ bringing light into the darkness, bringing life back to death, changing your life. That's what all of this story is about. Thanks be to God.